Hi, it's Bruce from Compassion. It's true to say that the circumstances we find ourselves in are quite astounding. So much has changed for us over the past few months, and that change has been rapid, and it's been really significant for some people. Now, who would have thought that I would be standing here in my home on the Central Coast speaking to you via video rather than us all being together in church? Uh, we hope and pray for a return to that time very quickly. Or who would have thought that our borders have been closed, even state to state, where we can't move easily into another state without a good reason for doing that? We are thankful for an easing in some of those circumstances, and I know many grandparents and grandkids are very happy to be able to see each other again and spend time together again. Or who would have thought that the isolation that we have sometimes craved, where we just want a bit of time to ourselves, would actually have become a normal part of life. And I know for many people that has caused its own levels of anxiety as people have been separated from loved ones and from friends and from social circles. And we hope and pray for a, a quick easing of these circumstances so we can get back to what our life is like when we come together normally and most particularly when we come together in our time at church uh, with our brothers and sisters. So I guess it does prompt the question for us, how do we respond at a time like this? How is it that as, as people of God, we should be thinking and responding in a time such as this? I think our reading from the Bible passage in Romans chapter 8 that we had is very helpful to us to help us to understand the kind of things that God wants us to be thinking of as his people. The context here is that Paul is writing to the church in Rome and in previous chapters he's reminded them of where they've come from and where they are now. He reminds them that their circumstances were that they were dead in sin. They were completely lost before God. But in God's faithfulness and graciousness, he rescues them. He redeems them from their circumstances and enables them to be seen as righteous. What a, what a wonderful gift that he gives to them. And that comes through them demonstrating their faith in him. And he also writes to them about their new life in Christ, that they can have a peace and a hope for the future. And in that new life, as they live under grace, they will be able to think and look differently about the circumstances in which they find themselves. And I think this passage from Romans chapter 8 really helpfully, uh, both to the Romans and to us, reminds us that God has a better way for us to live. A way that involves loving Him with all of our heart, with all of our minds, with all of our soul, and loving our neighbours as ourselves. Knowing these things is so helpful to us, particularly when we are facing suffering. Particularly at a time like this, when we may be tempted to turn our eyes away from God and all that he has given to us and draw them back onto ourselves and our own circumstances. But Paul reminds us that we are temporary citizens. 
We are awaiting something wonderful, something glorious, Jesus' return. And so to keep our eyes on that. Now, there is always a temptation when our circumstances are difficult, when we are facing suffering, to draw our eyes to ourselves and our own circumstances and our own troubles. That's, that's just normal and it's natural. But God is saying, don't get stuck there. Keep your eyes on me. Elevate your eyes to and remember everything that I have promised. Remember what I've done. Remember what I have promised for your future. That's the right perspective. That's what I want you to have. And I think as we look at this passage, we particularly see that in verse 18, there's a kind of a theme verse for what Paul is about to say. Let's just look at that together. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So what is it that Paul is saying here in the verses 18 to 27? Well, actually, I think he's saying a lot, but let me just focus today in our time on two particular things that Paul is saying. First and foremost, he wants us to consider the sufferings that we are facing and he doesn't deny that we are facing sufferings as temporary in the light of something that is coming that is glorious and wonderful and will surpass what we are feeling at the moment. That's the first thing. And the second thing, Paul wants us to be confident that as we do this, God, the God who loves us, will be with us and will comfort us and will sustain us. So let's focus firstly on the, on that first thing that, that Paul is saying, that it's, it's, it's terrible, the suffering and circumstances, not um, downgrading that at all, but it's temporary. Paul is, is truly acknowledging that uh, there is hardship, and there's hardship for his readers, and the, the church in Rome were facing persecution, they were facing poverty, they were facing abuse um, and isolation. Uh, there was loneliness. Uh, no apostle had ever come to visit their church. Uh, Paul was on his way, but he hadn't got there yet. Uh, and so as we think about the church in Rome and we think about our own circumstances, we, we know that as Christians, we don't expect any kind of immunity from hardship or any kind of immunity from suffering or any kind of immunity from what uh, Romans chapter 8 calls here as the groaning of creation, the groaning of the world. And we certainly don't need to look far to see in our circumstances today that that is absolutely true. Uh, at, at this time, as I speak to you, the number of coronavirus cases is numbering in the many millions. The number of deaths is numbering in the hundreds of thousands. This is tragic. These are the circumstances that we are living in. And many of us know personally people who have been impacted by this, either through their health 
or through loss of jobs or loss of income or changes of circumstances. It's these, this situation that Romans chapter 8 describes, and we see it in verse 22, as the groaning of creation, the impact of sin. It's the curse that's been placed on the world that comes as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve and the subsequent sin of each one of us. And I know that uh, in compassion with our frontline church partners, we see on a daily basis this groaning. We see the impact that this has on families, but particularly on children who are the most dependent and who are the most vulnerable in circumstances such as these. Just in our current world at the moment, 735 million children and families are living below the poverty line. That, that means that 700 children on a daily basis die as a result of the poverty and the circumstances they live in. They don't, they don't have access to, to fresh water or a stable food supply. Their parents don't have regular employment, which means the family is constantly at risk. They don't have access to the medical circumstances that they need in case they get sick. They don't have access to those things that we take for granted and are so thankful for. And in all of these circumstances, it is the children who suffer the most. And we see, uh, sadly, so often children who are growing up and have no hope that the circumstances in which they find themselves will ever be any different. They don't have a picture of a better future. And so as these children grow up with no hope for uh, their lives being better, they, it leads them to despair and it leads them to anxiety. And tragically, we see children uh, living in these circumstances on a daily basis. But even more tragic than that, even more tragic than seeing children with no hope of a better life, we see children who have no hope into eternity. We see children who don't know Jesus. They don't know what he's done for them. And so there's a hopelessness that goes on even beyond their lives. And so that is why Compassion and its church partners are so focused on bringing hope to children. Not just hope of a better life physically, but a hope into eternity by introducing them to Jesus so that he can be both their saviour and their friend. I do want to take just a minute to uh, highlight some of the things that uh, are going on for Compassion Children. And you would have seen from the global update that our way of working with kids has changed quite dramatically over the last couple of months. While the, our church partners have had to close, just as we have in Australia, so our Compassion Projects have had to close, and so our care for the kids has moved from being centre-based to being home-based, where we um, travel to the homes of these kids and their families and care for them by providing them with 
uh, packs, uh, hygiene packs and food and fresh water, bringing them encouragement and prayer, making sure that the kids are safe and well looked after. And we will be committed to doing that until our church projects can open up again. The impact of this pandemic is something that we are going to feel in Australia perhaps for months and years, both socially and economically. For children living in poverty around our world, the circumstances that they will find themselves in are even more severe. And so the consequences for this pandemic on them when their communities are safe will continue not just for months, but for years and decades, and perhaps even into different generations. That's why the partnership that you have with Compassion is so valuable. It's so important that you are continuing to care for your sponsored children, that you are continuing to pray for them, that you're continuing to write to them, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the partnership that we have in the gospel together. Thank you for all that you are doing in changing the lives of these kids. And I pray that you will know and understand that God sees that and he is glorified through that. And he is thankful for your obedience as you care for them. So thank you so much for that. What we are reminded of in Romans chapter 8 is that God's glorious restoration is ahead of us. It is in our future. And it is there is a time coming when God will restore everything. And that is in what we place our hope in. And this hope that we have, it's more powerful than poverty. It's more powerful than a pandemic. It's even more powerful than the, the curse and the brokenness of creation. And it's the hope that Paul has reminded the Roman church, and he reminds us, that comes through faith in Jesus and in him alone. And we have life and his promise of the truth of that in his resurrection and in his spirit that lives in us. And it, we eagerly await this restoration. As we think about that, we think about God's promise that we see in the book of Revelation where he talks about what it will be like in the future. And if you have your Bibles and are quick at flicking, uh, if you could open up to Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 5. I'm going to read those verses for you. So Revelation 21 verses 3 to 5. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. What a great promise that is. 
That's the promise that sustains us. That picture of our wonderful relational God who is planning a future where he and us dwell together and there is no more mourning, no more crying. The circumstances we find ourselves in now are temporary in the light of a great and glorious time coming where there won't be any pain and there won't be any suffering and we're so thankful for it. And knowing that allows us to have the right perspective on the circumstances that we find ourselves in now. We see them as terrible but temporary. These are my three children, as you can see. Uh, they're not really children anymore. They are fully grown. Uh, my wife, like all mums, went through pain and suffering during childbirth to have them. A literal groaning. It was a momentary affliction, but it, and it was bearable because of a great and glorious outcome. The pain of childbirth was never forgotten, but it's put in its rightful place. It was terrible, but it was temporary, and the outcome far outweighed the pain because it was so glorious, the birth of a new life and a new child. And I'm so thankful to God for my kids, as I'm sure you are for yours as well. So what's the second thing that Paul is reminding us of in this passage from Romans chapter 8? It's this. We see this that not only does God give us a new perspective and a different perspective, his perspective, but he also comforts and sustains us. When we cry out to him in words uh, about how difficult it is for us, or, or sometimes even when we don't have the words, uh, we just cry out to him with, with groans and deep groans and in agony. God's promise is that he hears us and that he comforts us. He is the God of all comfort and his spirit sustains us in this time of suffering, in this time of testing. And we see this really clearly in this passage in verses 26 and 27. Just flick back to Romans 8 and let's read these together. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's the circumstances that we have. We live with God's Spirit in us. And so he intercedes on our behalf when we don't have the words. He has the words to speak to God on our behalf. What a comfort that is. We have a God whose wonderful character is that he's our rescuer. He's our redeemer. He's our restorer. And he's our comforter. What is God's promise here? He says, I will be with you 
and you can put your trust in me. Have faith in my promise to restore all things at the right time. Have faith that a time is coming when everyone will see how glorious I am. Have faith that I'm in control of all things. Nothing is outside of my sovereign power. Even this affliction, even this brokenness serves a purpose to show my glory. And you'll see that when I restore this brokenness to perfection. And be confident that I am working for your good and all of those like you who love me. <sighs> what a comfort that is. What a comfort we have in Jesus. These, these words of Paul were, were, are an echo of many other words you know, written like this in the Bible. And we think back hundreds of years to the Psalms and particularly Psalm 46. I want to read that for you. And if you have your Bibles, please flip to Psalm 46 and listen here to God's words of comfort. God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is grace. Uh, grace lives in Uganda. And you can see uh, that grace was born with significant challenges uh, around a profound physical disability. And added to that, her extended family pressured her mother to cast Grace out of their village and to leave her to the wild animals. But Grace's mum, with the support of a local church partner, taught Grace that her strength is in Christ alone and her comfort is in Jesus. That for her, God promises a wonderful resp restoration despite her current afflictions. I want to end our time together allowing you to hear Grace's story, not from me though, in Grace's own words. But before we hear from Grace 
I do want to remind you of two things particularly. Firstly, as an encouragement that even though we face suffering and even though our circumstances may be terrible, they are a temporary affliction and we should view them in the light of the wonderful, glorious restoration that is coming. And as we remember the, the picture of childbirth, it's terrible and it's temporary, but it doesn't compare to the glory that's coming. And that's the same for the circumstances we find ourselves in. Keep our eyes not down on ourselves, but up on Jesus and trusting in his promises. And as we do that, we are reminded that God is our comforter and our strength. He knows trouble. He knows suffering. He has endured all of those things. And he's done that for us. And he's done that so his glory is shown and shown into eternity.